It's already been one week since Moon Knight came to its wonderful conclusion on Disney+, Plus, but have our thoughts on the show changed at all? Mike Zago of The Link Podcast joins me to talk about how it was disconnected from the MCU, Oscar Isaac, and the future of the character right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. I like this all day. What are they called again? Anulax batteries. Arbulary batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth. Mysterio is the truth. Boom. You looking for this? What is up? What is up? And welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi. Today on the pod, we are diving deep into Moon Knight. Well, as deep as 15-ish minutes will allow us to do, we're going to talk about it and what it means to have a story that is not directly connected to the MCU, to have a split personality of a single actor, the future of the character, and more. And you may have noticed I said, we, I'm not holding this conversation alone. This is a special episode where a patron and former guest, Mike Zego of the Link Podcast is on with me to talk Moon Knight. Mike, welcome to the pod, man. How are you? I'm excited, dude. I'm so excited, but I can't waste all this time. We only have 15 minutes. We got to get into this thing. I know. I know. That's the tough thing about this pod. <laughs> it's hard, man. And especially when we're talking about Moon Knight, right? Now we've got all six episodes I could sit here for an hour with you and talk about Moon Knight. We, we can review Moon Knight. And <laughs> exactly, we've done it in the past. And uh, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll get you on for a Patreon episode. That sounds sure. like a whole lot of fun. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about three major things here. And we'll just kick off this conversation with uh, Moon Knight. I want to know, right out of the gate, just set the stage for me. Did you like it? Where does it maybe rank among your other Disney Plus shows? How do we feel about it? That way, when we talk about the future and other things, we can we can know where you're at. I really liked it. I didn't get exactly what I expected from it, which I'm totally fine with. The last time we talked, we were kind of expecting this to be dark, yeah. violent, gritty. And it was some of those things for moments. Even in the opening episode, the first time you see Moon Knight with the suit, that beatdown was brutal. Visible. Yeah. And that didn't really continue for me, which I don't really know how I feel about it, but I enjoyed watching it either way. It was much more silly and aloof than I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to get like dark, gritty, like the Batman yep. parallel kind of stuff. Um, that doesn't make it better or worse. It just caught me off guard. But I actually very much enjoyed the comedy that was brought to the table. And honestly, I could just watch Oscar Isaac in this role do whatever. He could read a newspaper as three different characters and I'd be fine with it. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, totally. You are totally right. I think Oscar Isaac is the draw here and he's the guy. Um, we'll kind of talk about him, his role, maybe some of our favorite moments of him. Mm. But I think as a whole, I am right in line with you. I I was expecting, I mean, this was my most anticipated project of the year. I, remember, I, yeah. I was very high on Moon Knight and I am still quite high on Moon Knight. I think it was very good. Was it an era? per se? Probably not. Did it have that kind of aura and like that massive event vibe? I don't think so, just because it was more self-contained, like we'll talk right. about. Um, but it was something unique. It was special. It was definitely not as dark as I anticipated, but no. there were there were moments where it got there. And I think in relation to Multiverse of Madness, kind of being on more of the horror scale, that, I guess that's what I expected for Moon Knight, more to go into that kind Me of um, the, the visual horror 
aspect of of how dark something can be. And you got some of it kind of with the gods right. and the scale of all of the ancient Egypt stuff. It was some darkness, especially the part where Kanchu first reaches out to Mark Spector. Yes. That was as dark as it can be. And then you get so many more comedic scenes with Steven. And it was just it, it did a lot of things for six yeah. episodes, which is really an accomplishment in itself. Right. It did a lot of things for six episodes. And I know at some point in time, um, I'll have you back on for this podcast and, and we'll rank some MCU Disney Plus finales because I, sure. I personally think it's one of the better finale episodes we have gotten. Um, I wasn't super high on episode four. I adored episode five. I'm the opposite, dude. I can't this derail this incredible. conversation. We have so much to talk about, but episode <laughs> four was my favorite one. That's incredible. That is so funny. But <laughs> yeah. that is a perfect, perfect point that this show is just maybe different than everybody expected it, it to be, but it fulfilled very important things that everybody liked enough to to be a moment in in Marvel, right? Um, I want to know, did you like the aspect of this more self-contained story? Being in a, in a corner uh, to ourselves, not connected to Eternals, not connected to Spider-Man No Way Home or any of the most recent events that have happened in the MCU, but instead getting our own little kind of like pocket reality. I really, really enjoyed it. And I think it was necessary. We needed a fresh separate thing not everything can be connected or else your expectations are so ridiculous that it mm -hmm. just gets out of control there were apparently versions of the script before the release dates were ever confirmed i don't know if you've talked about this on the pod or not but i was going to you're you're yeah, leading where i'm going were, go for it there were allegedly like parts that included eternals fighting a deviant in ancient egypt yep. alongside Kanchu. there were other versions which included cameos from other mcu characters some that have been introduced some that haven't one prominent one apparently included gore the god butcher being in this which would have made a lot of sense in hindsight. However, I do think we needed the time to actually sift through the insanity of this story. And I wonder, there's only six episodes, which is a different, we'll put that to the side for now. Mm -hmm. But would it have been kind of ruined if we added other heroes? Because part of what I loved about episode four, to link it back to that, was you you got this whole other level of the show that you didn't even understand what's happening before. Is this real? Is this in his head? Is it both? And that's so quintessential Moon Knight to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. the, the questioning of the narrator. But if there are other heroes in it, or even just other MCU entities or anything, even references to the snap or anything like that, you would have been more sure that it was totally real. And you lose mm -hmm. the imaginative, like, what is, is this all in his head kind of thing? You lose the whole Harrow as the doctor kind of part of it. Because no longer do you care. You know it's real. I just saw Gore the God Butcher here. It's obviously real. He wouldn't know who that guy is. So I thought it was necessary for this story. I don't know if it's necessary moving forward now that we have the groundwork, but I thought it was really good. I also think there was more silliness in this than I expected in the switching of the suits. The Mr. Knight mm -hmm. suit was really fun and funny and different. And there's giant God avatars fighting each other, which I really loved in the finale. It was so cool. They made it look really good. And I wonder if you would have to dumb it down a little to make another character believe what's going on in context. Like that classic Hawkeye story uh, line of we're shooting aliens with bows. What None of this makes any sense. They pulled it off there. But at a certain level, it's like it's going to take me out of the story. Uh, ironically, I also worry about this with Batman, who's a close parallel to Moon Knight from the other sure. side. And sometimes they pull that off where Batman can provide value to a team, to a Justice League. And other times you just look at him next to Superman and you're like, well, this isn't even 
We're not yeah. even doing the same thing here. Like, <laughs> right. What What is the point of any of this? And I think maybe the godlike powers of Kanchu can close that gap a little bit. But in terms of the tone and the character and the show, I'm not sure how they would have blended the worlds perfectly without sacrificing something that we got in this story. You're right. This this is Mark and Steven's story. This is nobody else's story, right? This is exactly um, what we are led to believe is um, solely and purely this one man and his undertaking of Kanshu and this history and his um, his his uh, multiple personalities and all of these things. And I think you bring up a, a very good point where if you were to ground it in a little bit more realism, does it kind of take you off of that plane of like, this is, is something that is, you know, uh, steeped in mythology and something right. that is steeped in this kind of like ancient mysticism that we get. And I think at the end of Moon Knight, I still believe there is the question floating around. Was it real or was it all in his head? Because we full circle back to him waking up in bed and trying to uh, break free from his chains again. And I think it is, that is part of the reason I like the finale so much. It doesn't necessarily lead us to know for sure what is happening. And you mentioned if, if you bring someone in, we know if we see Kingo, we know this is real. Like we know it's happening in the world of the eternal. So I do like that aspect. And I think for a character like Moon Knight, something that is more of, you know, like a quote unquote B tier type character from the comics where not everybody knows him. He wasn't originally supposed to be a big deal. And then he kind of got his own thing. I think it's important to stay within that character and not try to make it part of a a more expansive storytelling uh, theme. I do want to know, though, you mentioned all of these potential storylines, potential introductions of characters and Gore the God Butcher and all these things. Mm-hmm. If you had to, if if you were told this is 100% real, we're not going to loop it back to a question of is it in his head or is okay. it real or who is Dr. Harrow? Any of these questions don't matter. We know for sure it's taking place in the MCU. What's the one thing you would have done to connect it to the big broad universe we've created? Would you go that Eternals route or Gore the God Butcher? Or do you have something else in mind? I would have definitely, I don't know about specifically, the Gore one is interesting and it fits the narrative I'm about to lay out that I think you needed a character that has not yet been introduced or if you know of them it can't be someone you're super super familiar with because you need the mysticism you need something they can still exist in the same realm but if you don't know about them when you're watching it you still get that trying to figure out what's going on feeling and that is so quintessential to this series and when i go back and watch the series if we get season two if we get a movie if we get whatever i do wonder how we're going to feel about a rewatch of this And maybe it'll be better. You know, that happens sometimes, too, even if we can't see it right now. But I loved the whole keeping me on edge and trying to actively figure out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, And without that, I just I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much. So if there was a hero or a villain like Gore is a god one, uh, pun intended. (laughs) Actually, a god (laughs) one. Yes, this is true. (laughs) A good one, uh, (laughs) because you don't know enough about him yet. And we might know some things, but. I think it would have been more of a lead into another thing rather than a tie back to a previous thing. Sure. And I think I can raise a very interesting parallel quickly is that I rewatched the WandaVision finale last night for the first time since it premiered, since it released, and for the first time since seeing Multiverse of Madness. So my light in watching the finale of WandaVision was not 
oh my God, I want the best for Wanda. It was, holy shit, Wanda's the villain all along. Right. And so taking that rewatchability will be something very interesting going forward. We'll, we'll connect this to the future here in a couple minutes and sure. maybe lay out some predictions. But I do think you raise a good point in saying, will it play the same way? But And, and I think it'll play differently but in a, a um, kind of like a same respectable type situation, right? Like I didn't lose any respect for WandaVision because I had a different idea. It just kind of like unveiled this new thought process while I was watching all of this. And I think it'll be the same with Moon Knight. Once, if we finally do get team ups, once he is involved with the MCU, it'll be an interesting way to go back and see what his like base storyline was. Um, now, Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac's the guy I think he's going to win some Emmys. We will I hope see. So. I mean, I yeah, I really hope so. Do you have a favorite scene in this show uh, where Oscar Isaac really made you just kind of like drop your jaw and be like, wow, this guy in the MCU is just phenomenal. I mean, it's such a cheesy pick, but the the one right in the sands where they sure. were, he was talking to sanded up Steven. That's uh, fair. I, it's just you didn't need the other heroes in this because you had two of him mm -hmm. and he really showed it off the most there. Um, and I think most importantly, it wasn't just one genre. Sometimes when you see these split personality things and I listed a couple of them, I'll go through them in a second. They go really dark or they go really silly. And there mm -hmm. usually isn't a lot of in between. And we thought last time we spoke, that it was going to go very dark. And if you want to hear that conversation, patreon.com slash 15 minutes of Marvel. That's 15. The numbers, by the way, I can do plugs for you. Don't worry about yes, it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> so it was much lighter than that. And we talked about that up top, but I went through and listed some of the split personality things that I've liked in the past. So I'll run through them quickly. Mark Ruffalo played two roles in, I know this much is true on HBO. Very dark. Like one oh, of the darkest things. I've I ever heard watched. that's very good. Really good. I would, but no comedy to it. Like there was no sure. second straight to dark it. tone. Interesting. Very much fight club. Yep. Also dark. Ed Norton in primal fear, kind of dark, really good movie. Uh, Sally field and Sybil dark. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have some action ones, Tom Hardy in legend, not a great movie, but he played two roles. Will Smith and Gemini man, same thing. It doesn't really work all the way with action, but I'm getting to a point here. I swear. Eddie Murphy coming to America, Eddie Murphy, nutty professor, Jim Carrey and me, myself and Irene, Family Matters, I'm counting it. Jaleel White plays Urkel and Stefan, <laughs> if you're a fan of that. You gotta and count it. I had 10, but then I threw in Full House when Steve, DJ's boyfriend, also played Aladdin, who is the voice of Aladdin in the movie, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my point is, none of those things were able to mend together the darkness, the action, uh -huh. and the comedy all in one spot. And I'm sure there's a lot more of those that I missed. Everyone just sticks to that one genre and there were just multiple serious, funny, emotional action parts from both characters, both separately and together, potentially a third coming if we get more from Jake. And I don't know how funny Jake will be. I don't even know if he speaks English, but sure. the point is that Oscar Isaac brings such different tones from the characters and is able to do both tones on both characters, which is really rare. Sometimes you'll see one's the funny one. One's the dark one that didn't end up being the case. They kind of flipped at times, especially mm -hmm. later. So this trope is done a lot. There are a lot of split personality things, but I think this is one of the first times that we're bringing something else to the table. Plus the whole superhero aspect, which I didn't even mention. Yeah. So 
I don't know if it's just one moment. I think it's just the writing in general that I really enjoyed and separated themselves from people who have done this in the past. And that's a lot of high octane actors that I named. Absolutely. And he yeah. kind of, I'm not going to say he puts them to shame. There were some th good things that I listed, but he brings something different to the table, which is hard to do. Yeah, it seems to me. And, and I just, I feel like I keep coming back to this time and time again, when we get someone new or... Uh, someone's maybe in their their second project. We're just finally seeing them in a big situation. It just seems to me like Oscar Isaac is just fucking committed. Like the guy is just sold. And I think that is a continual question that we should, you know, we should all be a little weary of like casting certain people in the MCU. I mean, the, the MCU is now 14 years old. People want to be in the MCU. Oh I get it. But it is this fine line of how committed can you be? Like, our, right. you know, our, our Reed Richards is the next RDJ of the MCU, right? You need to commit. You need to be the guy. And to me, it feels like Oscar Isaac said, this is something I am totally sold on. And you mentioned like this transition between Steven and Mark and, and uh, Jake at the end here. I think when he dons that Mr. Night suit, I think that's when we really get to see it shine is his just ability to like flip on a dime and flip yeah. on like a switch and just be someone totally new. What a good payoff too. Like they just right. slipped that in at the end. And I almost didn't realize how bad I wanted it until I saw it happen, that he was able to switch between the characters and yeah. use them to their own distinct advantages. And yeah. it's like, wow, we just got six episodes of Moon Knight. And only in the last half hour did we see, I mean, not even full potential, like part potential from what mm -hmm. this hero can be. So really good storytelling. I mean, the writing was just so tight compared to a lot of the other uh, Marvel entities, which are great in their own right, but I don't know if they can stand the test of time without the superhero aspect, and I think sure. this one can. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I had one specific moment in episode five when we're kind of dealing with all of the memories, and he sees himself outside his mom's shiva, and in yeah. that moment, he is completely broken and chooses to give in to uh, essentially his despair and his sadness and his fear and trauma and everything. And then he automatically switches into calling his mom and, and yep. thinking that she's alive and, and trying to figure out where he is. And like that ability to go from somewhere that's so dark and somewhere that's so deep and change characters on a dime is really wild stuff. So, you know, I, let me call out one other thing that he did to change characters on a dime, but to have the camera show him yep. during the switch is a really rare thing. Most of the yes. time they'll do a cut. Even early in the series, they did cuts. And you never saw the transformation between the two. And then eventually he was so, I don't know if he just became more confident in the character or this was an editing choice or what. They showed him change, mm -hmm. which is a rare thing. And you could see his face literally change, which is wild acting job. Yeah, Bravo. and even even little nuances here and there, which you know I suggest go back at least to the last two episodes and notice yeah. these nuances between his his acting style of each individual character. So I love Oscar Isaac in the MCU. I think he's an incredible addition. I love Ethan Hawke in the MCU, who is seemingly yeah. uh, dead, unfortunately. So I guess I'm, that... I'm kind of okay with that. Sometimes dead okay. needs to be dead. You know? Sure. No, that's, like, that's fair. We're going through this period where <laughs> nothing ends and everything has a multiverse other character to it. And I'm like, okay, right. sometimes I can just be cool with six good episodes from a good actor and we can put that to the side. Totally. Yeah. And I think that is part of the, uh, you know, part of the benefit of something like this is that it does 
enlist that feeling of like, cool, this was a really fun project. It was really fun while it lasted. And like, it was really cool to see. And maybe that's all we get. Let's talk quickly about the future of Moon Knight. Like, what do we think? I mean, we see Jake Lockley show up at the end of the post credit scene. Um, Khonshu is just looking badass as ever. Just at mad dapper. So much style. Uh, And it seems to me, and this is an entirely different long conversation, that Khonshu knew all along that he was trying to get to Jake and that was his poll and that was the play. Um, And now that he has him, I'm curious what a storyline would be. I don't know if there is a direct storyline for a season two but has to be mike do do you want to see a season two or where do you want to see moon knight next this feels like honestly i'm not a big fan of when they like cut a story short like uh dune for example the movie had you don't want the two parts no i do i do okay but it it was half a movie though don't tell me this is a movie this this is is half there was no ending the ending is going to come in the second part this This is fair this (laughs) didn't take place that way but i do feel like they nailed an ending and there still needs to be a part two. Sure. There's still so much unfinished stuff. Don't, they're not going to introduce Jake late, just storytelling wise, right? You're storyboarding this thing. We're like, Oh, we're only going to tell the audience that in the last post credit scene, that there's this (laughs) third person, of course, they're going to do a part two. I I would have to imagine they're not going to bring in Oscar Isaac for six episodes. Uh, I don't know if it'll have a ton of seasons, but I think there can be at least two. It makes me wonder if we can have a show start and then transition to a movie after a couple seasons. We haven't uh-huh. really seen that yet. Um, Disney Plus probably hasn't been around long enough for us to test out that theory, but that could be a scenario where this is like a precursor to a Moon Knight movie, or we could do a part two. Um, it would be a first at least. Yeah. And I, I assume we're going to get some level of crossover eventually. I don't really know how I feel about it but I do want to see a season two. I do. One thing I'm demanding that they do is, which they're obviously Feige's listening. And, oh, he'll, uh, he listens, buddy. Yeah, he listens no to this pod, you that. bet. <laughs> and F. Murray Abraham as Kanshu was so good. Immaculate. I want much more of him. Bigger mm-hmm. role, especially since you know now that he's the puppet master pulling the strings. The same way Mark didn't want Steven to know about this whole existence. Kanchu didn't want Mark or Steven to know about Jake, clearly. Right. So however that came together, in episode one, I thought this might just be like a, a Venom knockoff, like vocally, because right. there's that like whole same kind of vibe of hearing it internally. But as an actor, F. Murray Abraham brought something so much better than Venom ever has done. He's an Oscar winner, first of all, for Amadeus. Yes, he is. He's an Emmy winner for Homeland. And he's in a ton of other good roles. Grand Budapest Hotel is a great Wes Anderson mm-hmm. movie. There's a million different things he's in. But I'd like to see his relationship with Jake unfold as like the main story of a season two. And then he just makes fun of Mark and Steven until they inevitably <laughs> all have to band back together. Like, I don't even need it to be this sure. wild, wild, insane <laughs> twist and turn thing. I just want to see that. Just give it to me. So, yeah, yeah that's the one thing that I really want to see in the future. I don't care about the team ups. Uh, if he does, cool. Um, I almost feel like it would be, this is a weird comparison, but it would almost be like a Deadpool situation if he showed up with the rest of the MCU because he's so oddball and doesn't fit. And yet it works with Deadpool kind of because he can just make fun of everything. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they're going to fit Moon Knight in and still have it have the same vibe. Um, How how do you explain if, if you put Moon Knight in the same room as uh, in eternal or as Spider-Man or something like that. How, how do you go about tackling and explaining the multiple personalities and how he deals with that and who he is and, and who Kanchu is like, how do you get 
another hero to believe this, that's an entirely right. different storyline, right? So I think you do bring up some really good points, but I'm a little bit the opposite. I'm I'm hoping okay. for a team up. I'm hoping we go. I really do think that, and you know, I've, I said it all the time with Eternals on my pod, like something had to be the sacrificial lamb of mm. the switchover, right? Eternals was the sacrificial lamb of the tonal switchover for okay. being able to do things in phase four, right? It was different and, and, that was very much on purpose. And I think Moon Knight can be that Disney Plus show where you take it and then you can put it into a movie or you can rope in a, a season two or a special even and say like, here's just a little bit more information, a little bit more story or background on this character. Um, obviously, people are thinking we're due for a Midnight Suns team up. Mm. We've got Blade coming in the MCU. No Ghost Rider yet. I was I was really, really hoping Ghost Rider would show up in Multiverse of Madness, and we did not get it, uh, which did not impact my ability to critically think about the film, and it shouldn't impact anybody's. But um, these are good points that you're making, though, because it's exactly what I said before. Those are future characters that haven't been introduced yet. Exactly. And if you team exactly. Moon Knight up with those, I'm down. Sure. But if you team him up with the previous old guard, I think it might feel a little silly and undermine all the things you already did with Moon Knight. So I want them to be really careful. They've been really good at this, but, and we we're going on too long, I know, but you know, that's what you get when you bring me on for a 15 minute podcast episode. <laughs> this, this is what it takes, man. But, but also I'll leave you with this and I'll leave it for the audience too. Does that mean that we can never have a standalone Marvel property that doesn't ever want to be connected to each other. Sure. And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if there is one and I don't know if we'll ever find out, but it, it, that question is in my mind now, if this isn't it, then what's it? Yeah. That's a, Jesus. That's, that's good. That's a mic drop. And that's a really good question. Like, um, you know, I think, I think it's a really tough situation. You obviously want more Oscar Isaac in the MCU. You want people of that caliber showing up in the big screen. I can only imagine contractually he wants to make it happen as well. Uh, there's a lot of things at play and, and you raise a really good point. Are we too invested in a universe creation that we are not able to segment stories here and there? And, uh, you know, I think that was one of the talking points going into this is like, hey, it's just something different. It's not for everybody, but it's something different. And when will the audience when will marvel stands when will you and i be able to accept the fact that like look not everything's part of a giant team up in this universe some things are just stories and that is okay and i don't know if we'll ever get to that answer let's reconvene in 10 years and see what happens but i i just don't know if we'll ever get there um mike thanks for coming on the pod man this was a blast i could i wish i wish my pod was not called 15 minutes marvel i wish we could keep (laughs) talking but we've got to we've got to keep rolling on here. Um, you are a patron of the pod. Thank you so much for that. You've been on the pod before. It's been fantastic. Uh, if sure. people want to find more of you, where can they find you at? At the link underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram, the link podcast. You can find it everywhere you get podcasts. Also, if you're into sports, I do a sports show as well. Mike the Mush Sports. Uh, you can find on the link a bunch of different topics, but we do talk Marvel and TV, movies, music, a whole bunch of stuff. It's a variety. Check it out. You might enjoy it. You might laugh once or twice. I don't know. <laughs> Fingers crossed. It's it's really good stuff. Definitely give Mike a follow. And I want to know, uh, where does Moon Knight rank in the Disney Plus echelon of, of shows for you? What do you think of Moon Knight? What did you think of the finale? And where do you want to see Moon Knight show up next in the MCU? Uh, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on any major podcast platform. A huge shout out to the patrons of the show. Brandon Clark, Hazir Shakib, Reagan Knapp, Alan Cole Peacock, Ben Lawhorn, Corelli, Christina, 
Mike Zago, TJ Zorch, and Jessica. Uh, they are all getting access to bonus episodes every single month, which is something really cool. So go check it out, patreon.com backslash 15 minutes of Marvel to learn more. I will see you back here next time. I am Ethan Simi, and remember, always go higher, further, and faster. 